Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Authentic Conviction Podcast. We are really excited, especially now with, uh, with spring in full bloom, uh, but pre-cicada summer. Um, I have a, a very good friend of mine, a member of our Fortegic team, um, and uh, actually a business associate in, in, in many other areas as well, but uh, originally was a, a, a coach, an assistant coach, or I was a, we were coaches together uh, coaching our sons in baseball. So we go, we go uh, pretty far back, but I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Jack Hunter. We're going we're gonna to unpack a lot of things today. We're excited uh, to really merge together kind of the essence of, of connecting with people and the importance of building relationships, but also kind of navigate through some of, some of Jack's past and how that's led him uh, to be a better connector in, in our business today. So I want to, as we always do, to welcome Jack and let Jack tell the listeners a little bit about himself that, uh, that people may not know. So welcome, Jack. Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you for being here. And make no mistake, I was the assistant. I wanted to get that one kid into pitch so many times and you just wouldn't let him play. <laughs> Let him pitch. So um, maybe he's listening, Jay. Maybe Tyler's listening right now. Uh, I, I wasn't we'll going to mention any names. No, but, he, he uh, would be happy to know. His name is Tyler. So. Okay, very good, yeah. very good. Yes, Tyler, um, who is uh, in school at the same school our kids go to now. So yep. So, but yes, thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to to uh, share. Yeah. So um, give the listeners the, uh, the the Cliff Notes version of Jack Hunter, family, the man, the professional. All things Jack Hunter. Well, I heard we're going to keep it to 40 minutes, so we won't maybe be able to get into it all. But, uh, you know, I'm married. I have two two children, a senior in high school who will be off off to college here this fall. I'm proud to say going to West Virginia University uh, at no pushing of my own. That was her decision. Um, and then a sophomore in high school who uh, – who has no idea what he's going to do yet when it comes college time, but it's way too close already for him mm-hmm. to be heading off to school in two and a half years. So um, lived locally in South Lebanon, um, came here to Cincinnati 11 years ago to be the general manager at TPC Rivers Bend after working for 11 years previous to that at other clubs in the, in the, in the TPC network. And uh, it's been a great move um, over overall over these 11 years and now on to a second part of the the Cincinnati career here, working at Fortegic and and learning a new uh, learning a new business and and trying to continue to keep that rolling. Yeah, and married to your lovely wife, Kristen. I'm gonna I'm gonna save you here because we didn't we didn't get into that. So yeah, I'll kick your coverage like the rest of us did. Absolutely. So. And and I mean, let's face it, you found somebody that, that will put up with you. I mean, that's that's really a good start, don't you think? Well, it is, and particularly at the beginning um, in the golf business. Um, as an assistant golf professional way back then working really stupid hours, anywhere between 70 and 85 hours a week. Um, and it really didn't hit home to her what the heck was happening until Morgan came along and I would leave before they were up and home after she was in bed. And Oh, by the way, Kristen was working too. So there were a lot of nights where it was kind of quiet at the house when I got home. Yeah. Um, and uh, understandably so did always have my back all the way through. So, mm-hmm. but now we're beyond, well beyond that. And, uh, uh, I, you know, get up about 10 in the morning, go to bed about six at night. So it's, it's all good. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, that's called choosing grace. That, by the that's way. right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so. she's, she's got a really good, 
demeanor too. And I, we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, the importance of finding, finding personalities that complement you, you know, and I, it's, it's cool. You guys definitely have a a complimentary, you know, set of personalities, but um, you know, what, what we want to talk about today is I think really important, not just in life. I mean, everything that we talk about, there's so many parallels from business to, to personal life or whatnot. But um, before we get into some of that, that stuff, you know, I want to give give the listeners a, a better understanding because, you know, when you live in our area and, and you know, because we're basically neighbors, we live right. probably as a crow flies an eighth of a mile from, from one another. I could hit a driver to your house. Y- yeah. So it's like a, a hybrid for me. Um, so <laughs> so we already did. That's all right. We already got That's there, right. didn't we? I the the two, two long bombers uh, having arguments on who hits it further. So <laughs> driving by TPC every day and you working there, it's easy to take for granted how, how truly awesome that club is. I mean, right. the Tournament Players Club, TPC Network, is one of the biggest ne- – it's probably the biggest, you know, PGA in terms of membership networks in, in America. And we have one right in our backyard. And not only that, but you had you got the ability to lead that local club, right. the TPC at Riversbend. So, right. you know, I, I'm assuming – and again, bringing in the, the, the parallels and, and how – and me being in the golf business too, because you knew that I, I right. was a cart boy growing up. I worked hard. I work at Beckeridge Country Club, Weatherington Country Club. Those people, the the locals that are listening to me, uh, we still call ourselves the Beckett Boys. Yes, we we would pick that that hill for twenty bucks, and then and you pick another bag, and you get a free round of golf. And right. so we'd spend eight hours, get twenty bucks in our pocket, and get to play a round of golf. Uh, but Weatherington Heritage Club, uh, now going from working in the in the in the cart barn to being a member, it's such a shift, right? But right. Um, I understood that golf business from a very young age and the importance of, you know, really digging into uh, valuing relationships. And there's that balance between, you know, I don't want to be fake all the time. I want to be authentic, which there you go. Right. There's a spin that I didn't want to cheat and tell you about before I had you in the hot seat. But like the importance of how you handled those, those relationships where you got to make people feel special, but you also have to be authentic. Did you, did you struggle with that at all when you were at TPC? Not generally. I, I think that fortunately, the way I was brought up was to to live and to be sincere as sincere as you could in the moment that you're in. Don't get me wrong. There are certainly times where you had to put the game face on to go deal with a certain situation or speak to certain people. But in general, I always felt like I was was as sincere as and as authentic as as I as I just am in, in a normal situation. You know, sometimes it's you got to bring the smile or you got to bring the, um, you know, the, the chin held high, uh, look when you're not in that mood. But I never felt like there was a, an interaction I had in 22 years in the golf business that wasn't, that wasn't authentic because again, that, that's just how I was brought up and, and, um, you know, certainly didn't ever want to disappoint mom. So, right. Well, I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing about, uh, what again, what our listeners don't know is, is as you were going through that journey. So rewinding all the way back when we first met is when my son, Tommy and your son, Colin, were playing T-ball and coach pitch together. Yep. And so we coached what, three or four seasons three, together, three seasons. Yep, yeah. Before and they went off their own separate ways. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And now for me being able to see Colin, you know, just flourish in his, in, in his, his talent, his baseball talents. And, and even, you know, more importantly as a young man, right. and then obviously with Tommy as well, it was a really neat thing, but you get to learn a lot about somebody when you're 
and that's why I love sports because it puts you puts you in a position where you have to handle stress and you yeah. got to be in situations where you have to be authentic, you know, because your your emotions won't won't dictate otherwise. Right. So, um, but but then but then going into into your into the golf club. So instead of going from the angle of saying, "All right, yeah, I was authentic. I wasn't fake," right. quote unquote, yep. right? But did you have that feeling like you really had to be? extra careful with everything that you said and did. Oh, absolutely. There was no doubt that, um, and, and that became a bigger thing over time. Uh, but, but even back in the beginning, you, you had to really be careful about what you said. You, you never wanted to, to talk out in the public areas of the clubhouse about anybody. It always had to be behind closed doors if you were having conversations, which you didn't want to have. But in, in one-on-one situations, I would always get asked, oh, yeah, that member, oh, we know all about them. <laughs> and my response was, no idea what you're talking about. They're one of our favorites, you know. It's in, and, and sometimes you want to jump in and be like, oh, yeah, I sure do know what you're talking about. But, but you can't do that because you, you have to – really be cautious and you have to understand that regardless of the status of that of the members at a club um, in their eyes they're a step above the people that work there whether you like it or not and you have to treat them like that if you want to get the benefit of them using the club bringing bringing people to the club and ultimately choosing you as the club of their choice so um, yeah there was definitely some some uh, careful footing when you're when you're talking out uh in the public areas and talking to certain people for sure i want people to get an idea of who the, who you are as a person uh, with all of our guests right? right but what they may not know is that um you were a very good baseball player played college baseball catcher i believe right right hit for power did so you know for you to even ha- play one pitch one game a- as a collegiate athlete is put you in the upper one percent of the population right. um people you know, fail to realize how hard that is to do. So you, you've been successful in everything that you've done, whether it was playing baseball, um, obviously raising a family. I know that you're very committed, you know, in, in terms of, of your family and your heritage. We joke around a lot, you know, about the 1988 West Virginia Notre Dame football game. We won't go down that path because um, really all that matters is the score at the end of the game. But even even working through your, your years at TPC, um, you know, you, you have always been – really, really good at what you do. And then when you decided, all right, I'm, I'm choosing a new path for myself. We were hap- we happened to be playing golf one time out of the, what, four years that we got to go right. out and play golf together. And it wasn't until the 18th tee that I kind of said, you know what, Jack, you'd be really good in our business. You know, I think you would really be the perfect fit to, to build relationships and, and serve people in, in a financial capacity. And I think it, it kind of shook you a little bit because it, it challenged you, I think, to the, to your core. Right. And here we sit today, a year later, and it's amazing to see how more how much more comfortable you are in your seat and as an advisor and as somebody that has true conviction over what you who you are and what you're doing. Right. You can talk about your journey between your comfort level when you started and your comfort level now. Is there a difference? Well, what intrigued me the most about that brief conversation we had to want to come learn more was the idea that it wasn't so much about the what we do as it was about the connection and building the relationship with the potential clients to create the business that we have. Because in the office, we have experts in every part of our business. So if it's not something that I was 
well-versed on, there was someone we could bring them to. So the idea was just to connect and get people to, to trust us to take care of their, of their business. And that was why I wanted to ultimately come talk to you. And then as we talked more and more about it, the realization of what we do is something that people need. Mm-hmm. And I've always been very convicted in helping people as best I can. It's what, again, it's what I did for 23 years, a different type of help. But our goal at the club was always to make sure that you had a fun day, mm-hmm. whether you had guests, whether you had clients, whether it was just you and the family, to make sure that they had a good day that day. And now it's different, but we're still giving them something that they need. And sometimes we have to educate and help them understand why they need it. And um, so, yeah, it's it's all about the connection and, and building the relationships. And that's something that I feel like I've always been pretty good at and got better at over the years and in, in, in the golf business and basically the hospitality world. So yeah. it was an important part of that. And it's an important part of this for sure. So, so we can kind of get a little bit more detail for some of our listeners, because I think there's a lot of similarities in, in processes across uh, multiple boards of, of, in terms of product sale, right? If right. you want to talk about selling stuff. Okay. I hate to use that word because I think process drives everything. Actually, I think activity drives everything, but right. pr- activity drives process and process drives results. Right. Okay. So for us, we have never, and I want to go back, I want to circle f- uh, back around to what we're talking about with you because you have always been, you're the same guy now that you were 10 years ago. Sure. You were the same guy at TPC as you were on the baseball diamond or in this office. And I really actually appreciate that. That is authentic to me. However, there is a difference in your the way you process, okay, and the right. way that you do things. Because, you know, when you're in a club, you've got to be on, you have to be on eggshells a little bit when you're the general manager. Yep. Because the, the buck doesn't stop with you. You got corporate, you got all these things. You got, and it's almost like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have said that to Mrs. Smith or I shouldn't have said that to Mr. Joe. You know, and it's like, it kind of, it, it, it can pull you away from that authenticity if you allow it to, right? right? However, the, the essence of connecting is so important in every business that, if you sway from it, if you deviate a little bit and you go off the course, it will wreck the whole process, right? right? I mean, C.S. Lewis, but the first thing first and the second thing second. We talk about that all the time. I'd like to hear from you because I feel like your biggest challenge in being a little bit more analytical and a little bit more detailed than most, while also having a really infectious and, and big personality, did you struggle with, with saying, all right, I've got to stay on the course here. I've got to trust that I may, I may not know all the product. I may not know all the details, right. but I have to be deadly focused on on activity and process and starting with connecting. Was that a struggle for you? The connecting part wasn't. That, that, that part was easy. But then g- getting into the conversations and the meetings with potential clients – um, particularly, as you know, and as I'm sure, I'm sure it was similar to, to everyone who comes in the, into this role for the first time. Many of the first six months, years worth of clients are people that you have already built a relationship with, mm-hmm. and so the process is to learn everything we need to know about them for for the process, right? And then after we know that and and get to the point of uh, of product, only then do we talk about product but when you're sitting with someone who maybe you've known for eight or ten years and they're just like this is what I want just tell me tell me where we need to go what do I need to do what's it going to cost me it's a little bit more challenging in that role I think uh, what I've learned is if it's someone who maybe was came from someone else and someone I know but 
don't have a relationship with yet, it's a lot easier to stay on on path. But even still today, that's still still a challenge for sure. And I think it's I think it's uh, it's a reasonable one to have because again, you're sitting across from the client. This is what they want to do, and sometimes it's just hard to say. Hold it. We have to get to A, B, and C before we get to D, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's becoming less of a challenge, but nevertheless, still a challenge. But but a, a clear challenge or a clear understanding of what we of how to address it better now, I guess. Yeah, and you know, and and again, certainly not um, minimizing the important of the importance of of families enjoying their time. You know, I'm big on on enjoying life, man. Right. Work life balance is huge. Um, probably a little bit overplayed in, in content and in media because it's so easy for somebody to say, "Oh yeah, I got work life balance," and yep. you know, I bet eight out of ten of the people don't. They might say it, they might say sure. that they do, but they don't know how to properly actually implement that into their life, right? Um, I do think the, that it's important to have time with your family to be at the golf club. So I, I love the fact you said we want people to enjoy their day when they come to TPC. We want them right. to enjoy their day, right? right? But now you're you're sitting in a seat where while that is important. Now you're dealing with things where it's, it's, are you going to be able to retire? Right. Like what happens if you're put in a long-term care facility? What happens if somebody in your home dies prematurely, you know? So the gravity I think is much greater in what we're doing now, which I think only brings the importance of that connecting more to the forefront. Right. Right. Because regardless of how great the golf course is, regardless of how great the restaurant or the bar area and the service is, if you don't build a connection, that family is going to go to Heritage Club or wherever right. and have a great golf course, a great bar, a great restaurant, but have somebody that they actually enjoyed more, right? right? Yep. And to that point, the probably the one thing that's come the farthest since day one is to be able to have that conversation about the grave possibilities in someone's life, in someone's life. You know, a year ago, it, it really wasn't that easy, and this isn't necessarily how you say it, but it wasn't that easy to look at someone and say, what if you're not there tomorrow? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to your, your wife, your kids, um, the house? It's But today, it's much easier to have that conversation just because I've sat in meetings with you and some of the other team members here and, and, and just have learned the importance of that simple question what's going to happen are you going to be able to retire what happens to your retirement if you or your wife go into long-term care and there you're in there longer than even the average stay mm-hmm. um it's 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 something that everyone needs to at least hear and then once they hear it and make their decision then we've done everything we can do but but making sure they understand it is much easier now than it was 12 months ago yeah and and the and the great thing is is 12 months from today it's going to get even better sure I mean, because you you've ramped up just your 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 knowledge, right? Of of of, of how we do things, the process. Because yeah, the why is important, the how is important, but you know the what is as well. Right. Um. So so now now you're here. So you're you're a, a year in. By the way, you've done great. You know what people may not know about you is uh you know especially with your your real calm tone and the way you do things, you have right. a very calming presence about you. Is that you're really funny? Tell my kids that. Would you? <laughs> I, I just, I love, I actually really love your sense of humor. And so, you know, but this is the first episode. This is the first episode that we're kind of changing it up a little bit while we're talking about authentic conviction, you know, which, which is, which is our brand. I mean, that's what we're trying to do is, is, is make this not just a brand, but a movement where it challenges people to their core to really, we spent an hour, hour and a half yesterday talking to Miami university college students who wanted to call in as, as a, and utilize us as a mentor. 
where we could work through them. They're saying, I don't really know who I am. How can you help me, you know, find who I am and find what I want to do? It was so neat to be able to do that. So that's like one area of what we're trying to do. But I am not going to shy away from the importance of what we do at Fortegic. Because um, number one, uh, we are out serving people and we are passionate about what we do. And it, while it's a lot more entertaining to talk about how great the market's done, right? Because we, we, we marry financial planning with insurance planning. Right. So what I call it is, you know, so, so let's grow your stuff while we mitigate as much risk as possible, right? right? And yeah. bring them to the two together, hence the name Fortegic. But um, not to make this a complete commercial about that, but I want to grab one thing that is near and dear to my heart. And I know that you are very passionate about too, but I want to do it while not pigeonholing ourselves. Okay. So... Um, when you're dealing with families and you know that there's a breadwinner there, that's not, not done a good job protecting their family in the, in the event that they die prematurely. I don't know why we're so afraid to talk about it. And I, I'm slow to talk about it. Not because I'm afraid of the conversation because I am absolutely not right. Because I've said this a million times. I'd rather not have to talk to the wife about, Hey, why didn't you talk to Jack about this? Now we can't pay the mortgage. Right. I'd rather not have that conversation you know, so, um, but what, but my point in this is, but you are very passionate about making sure that your clients and their families understand the right. risk they're ahead of them. Yep. Is that a true statement? That is true. And, and, and particularly because certainly early on, because the people that I've worked with are people that I've tagged as those that I wanted to make sure they, they were knew this and were in a good situation. Cause we've said all along, if we sit down and we look at someone's plan and they're, got everything perfectly where it needs to be, then we're great. We walk away from the table going, okay, they're not going to be our client, but I'm not worried about them. They're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And um, I, and so when you're working with people you're close to, you want to make sure that they're in a situation where if something does happen, they're going to be good. The thing that, that um, makes me a little bit hesitant to have that conversation is because, you know, you worry about, okay, these are, these are friends of ours or friends of the family. The wife's a good friend with my wife, whatever the case is. You're afraid if you say, listen, what is, what's wrong? If you, something happens to you, your family is in a bad situation. You don't want them to be like, you know what? This is my life. Don't let me, let me worry about my life that get, we're done. And then you know, you lose the friendship. So it's that fine line type thing. And, and if they're truly friends, they're probably not going to, that's not going to happen. But, you know, there is that kind of skepticism in the back of your brain thinking, okay, you know, I've known this guy for 10 years. I don't want to really tell him how to live his life, but at the same time, I want to make sure he gets educated. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a, a line there to, to straddle, I think. It, it really is. And I think a lot of that, like in any phase of life, that, that lack of accountability and the way that they respond, both in their body language and in, in the words that they choose. Yep. Uh, I, I'm a big believer. You got to really, even though we're not posturing and, and like you were at TPC, where right. you can be authentic and still choose your words wisely. Right. <laughs> Those two things can coexist, right? Yep. Yep. Hence, hence, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on my 18-year uh, wedding anniversary. I wouldn't have made it that, that far if those two things didn't coexist. Right. You know, people generally get, a little bit insecure and a little bit defensive when they don't really buy into what they're doing. Right. You know, that insecurity will, will rise to the top. And when I say to you, if you, if you said to me, Hey Joe, you know, I come in, I'm, I look disheveled and I obviously maybe I'm making some poor choice, life choices. And, right. and you say, Joe, dude, you, what's going on, man. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's going on? You know, I get real defensive. Right. How about this, man, Jack's right. Like I am a mess. 
I better look in the accountability mirror and I better figure this out, right? Yep. See, nobody wants to do that. Yep. And so when, when we say to somebody, so let, let's, let's do it this way, okay? So if I talk to my mom uh, June 1st of 1984 and said, you have a blank check right here to write whatever you want for life insurance on your husband. And he's going he's gonna to pass away unexpectedly in a month. Do you think that she would be insecure and say, no, we're good? Or would she say, how much insurance would she ask for? However much, much the company would give her, right? Yeah, and, and right? They would give her, yep. Okay, so why are we not approaching things that way? Yep. You know, so, so, so here's what we're going to do. In this world that we live in where people are so afraid to face reality and face truths, I actually think there's a lot of grace and truth, and I also think there's a lot of grace and sense of humor. And sometimes being jovial will, will, uh, will really help us get through some things in life. So maybe being lighthearted in our approach to serve families just from the risk mitigation perspective will open up more conversations. And if we open up, up more conversations, we can be more successful in serving people. Right. True? So we are announcing today, unbeknownst to you and unbeknownst to J-Rock, that I am going to share number 50 in our countdown of 50 ways to die. Hosted by Jack Hunter. Outstanding. Now, I'm going to, and maybe we can even brand it as, as close calls, you know, something like that. So we are mortal. We right. will die one day. Yep. And if we can have a little fun with something and have a project where you can get people uh, to, to raise awareness on the importance of, of protecting their families, we're going to launch this and we're going to lead it right up to our top 10 that we'll release all throughout the month of September, which is Life Insurance Awareness Month. Right. Are you in or are you out? I'm in. I sit here uh, as, as a 43-year-old as a man who lost his dad at the age of seven. I wasn't ready for that. I'm seven years older than my dad was when he died. Right. So is that funny? No, it's not funny. I would give, I would give everything I have to have like one hour with him. Right. It's why I can't watch Field of Dreams without crying like a, like a baby. <laughs> because I, the, the thought of my dad coming out of the, the cornfields and playing catch with me would, would be something I couldn't even imagine. I mean, I would take that over Notre Dame winning a national championship every year for the next 50 years, and I'm not kidding. So I understand the importance. I understand the gravity of these situations. Right. But people, I think, in this life need to learn how to be a little bit lighthearted, okay? Right. Let's have some fun with this. Are you ready? I'm going to give you one, and I'm going to give you a story of when I was 18 years old, and I almost died. Are you ready for how fitting this is? On a golf course. So people may not be aware of how many deaths there are in golf carts every year. I mean, just go to Barstool Sports and pull up some of the idiots that, that are riding on golf carts at, at uh, bachelor parties. I mean, it's pretty dangerous, right? Number 50 crazy ways that you can die is trying to speed over a bridge at full speed in an easy-go cart and dumping it into a ravine 15 feet below the bridge. So golf cart death, right? Absolutely. And I'll be happy to share my experience with the same. Uh, being in the business for 23, 22 years, I saw a lot of it. Um, in fact, one was uh, through a, through a uh, fence that was guarding the hill down an embankment to the Connecticut River, which was about 70 feet below. Fortunately, they hit a tree that allowed them to not continue on down or who knows what the result would have been. And there were others over the years. But my personal story is on a golf trip, uh, maybe eight or nine years ago, uh, in the passenger, the, the transportation golf carts that they have to get around the resorts, we had a, an accident 
fortunately I was on the back, so I was able to kind of get off of the cart as it was rolling. Uh, the others were encased inside of the roof, so they went skidding along as it turned on its side. And I spent uh, got to spend several hours in a foreign country's uh, emergency room that <laughs> night with with uh, those I was with. And fortunately, everybody ended up being okay, but certainly scary for a few minutes, and it it, it, it potentially could have been worse. So, number fifty is a great one. Let's uh, go. All right. So so here here's mine. It was it was a June afternoon in 1995. Exactly one week before I was playing in the East-West All-Star game at Riverfront Stadium. It had been one of my dreams to play in that game. On the Red Stadium, go have BP on the stadium, right. be in the clubhouse, blah, 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 right? So uh, my lifelong best friend, Sean Thacker, um, who is lucky to still be here today after what he did that day. I still love him. Sean, I love you. I love your children. I love your wife. But I did not love you that day. He, Doesn't he still owe us a jump into a lake? He does owe us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Our famous hole-in-one. Yep. But, yeah, you know yep. Sean. So so we are um, at our at Beckett Ridge. Sean lived at Beckett. So I worked at Beckett my whole life. And right. hole 13 is a par 3. Uh, it was about 160 yards, 165 yards. And you hit a really elevated tee shot. And then you go down this hill, and you kind of go a little bit left, like maybe 4 degree left, and then you go over this bridge. That's just a plank bridge. It doesn't have a high rail. Right. And then you would go across it, and we would cut over in the grass on the other side of the path, and we would do donuts. We didn't, we've done it for five years, right? right, or since we were driving golf carts. So we hit our shots. By the way, I was three feet. Yeah. We were with his dad, and our, our summer, our, I played for the Cincinnati Flames, so our, our summer baseball coach and his dad were behind us. Sean goes down. Tries to make it across the bridge, but these were the new easy goes. So when you pull left it, or you turn left, it pulls you right. And so he's like going left and right, left and right, and he hits the plank, and the cart popped like a like a soda can. It just stuck, which is lucky because had it gone over, there's no question we would have died if it fell on us, whatever. So he was nice enough to leave himself on top of the bridge with a little boo boo on his shoulder that he he embellished a little bit. Yeah, Sean, you embellished it. And he dumps me 15 feet down. And all I can remember is grabbing as much honeysuckle as I can on the way down yeah. to slow my, my, my fall. And so I ended up, you could, uh, I was wide open here. You could see my arm bone here. You could see my leg bone because on the way out, when it popped the metal, the cart, my leg caught it when I went heels over forehead out, out of the cart. So it was amazing. And here's the crazy thing. About a year earlier, one of the cart boys who just got hired to work at Beckett Ridge He's going out, and at the time, people were stealing all the golf flags from the greens. And so he was, and it was pouring rain, storming. So he's in a hurry. So he's got to go to 18 holes and get these things. Well, you know the little stakes that you put, like, with the rope that hooks into the green stake that goes yeah, down the oh real yeah. heavy? Yep. Well, he didn't see it because the rain was hitting him so hard that he drove through the rope. It pulled the stake out, wrapped around, and went through his neck, out of his jaw, and then through him, barely missed his nose, and it was stuck in his face. You want to talk about different ways of dying a golf sure. cart? I could do this all yep. day, man. Yep. Well, I think I think the I think the message here is quite simple that you know, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next hour. And you know, if we're not in a situation that our family's taken care of should that happen, whether it's a a, a comical way um, mm -hmm. to it or you, you walk out and get hit by a bus when you step off the curb. I mean, it's there's so many, so many ways that none of us think about. You could be in great health, and it doesn't matter. Well, now, so, don't give too many teasers on what 49 might no, be. I, I give, don't want that to be the did bus. Did I give away I don't the next know. 
We can't do that. Well, the bus can't be 49. <laughs> I don't have to be down the road. But anyway. Uh, so, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you're, we're not guaranteed anything. I mean, we're one phone call from being on our knees. So we will be launching our 50 Ways to Die, brought to you by Jack Hunter himself. And uh, there, there may be uh, whispers of maybe even incorporating TikTok, maybe Instagram, maybe Twitter. We'll see. So I want our listeners to stay tuned every week. And feel free to, to phone in and say, you know what, I, I think we can maybe call it the close calls. So we're not obviously making fun of people that died in, in golf cart accidents. But send us your close calls because maybe those close calls are the things that wake you up to the, the planning that you should be doing for your family. Right. So uh, anyway, uh, Jack and Joe. Jack and Joe. Jack and Joe's 50, 50 Ways. Minutes. To almost to die. Almost die. <laughs> You're a cheater because you already got to go through this, but I want to I want to see you squirm again. Um, tell me, Jack, the, the, the three or four things that, that make you great. Before I do that, I want to share one thing about connecting. Mm -hmm. um, being in the golf business, I wish I would have started making notes my first day in the golf business because I could have could write a book. And, and it, there's so many strange things that happen, so many really funny stories, so many stories you want to bang your head against the wall about, so many great people, so many, <clears throat> excuse me, so many, so many things that could fill up a book. One of those is, nobody really knows this, but a golf professional has a secondary master's degree in, um, in the weather, in meteorology, mm -hmm. because we'll have people who live on the golf course and it might be on the second hole, so maybe close to the clubhouse, who will call and say, what's the weather like today? When is it going to start raining? Is it raining at the club today? And it, you just want to say, yes, it's pouring the rain, and it's going to start raining, or it's going to start at 2 o'clock. When I was when I DJed the morning, when I was a morning DJ on the, on the radio years ago, something many may uh, not have Wait known. a minute, what? Yeah, so it was supposed to snow. They called. I got a call. Can you tell me what time it's going to start snowing? I said, yes, ma'am, at 2.14 p.m. Have a nice day. And I hung up. It's like, you know, we all know. We never know when the heck the weather's going to happen. So, anyway, that's one of those stories. But about connecting at TPC Yasna Polana, which is in Princeton, New Jersey, um, we had a member who was one of our great members, but he wouldn't talk to anybody. Not because he was rude. He just, it was his personality, very quiet. His wife However, and if they would happen to ever hear this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. His wife was very outgoing, very uh, jovial, very friendly to everyone. So one day I finally said, you know what, I'm going to get him. So at, at the clubhouse at TPC, Yasna Palana, you walked in the golf shop. There was a back wall you could walk across, and then you walked up the side wall to go out the door out to the bag drop. So you could kind of avoid everybody. So this one Saturday morning, I told whoever's in the shop with me, I said, I'm going to get him today. He walks in. I make a beeline over to that side wall and stop him right in the middle of the golf shop and said, just said, good morning, Mr. Clark. Shook his hand. Hope you're having a great day. If there's anything we can do for you, you let us know. And he looked at me like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> in, in a good way. You know, <laughs> right, always, right. But ever since that day, he and I always had a really good relationship. He still wasn't walking in the golf shop going, hey, Jack, how you doing? Right. But but we always, we, he always talked to me at that point, after that point, and and so sometimes it's learning how to connect with certain people because everybody's a little different. But super guy and just didn't want to talk to people. He'd walk in kind of with his hand up, hoping nobody saw him. So just by kind of uh, ambushing him, it, it uh, allowed a relationship to, uh, you know, to kind of build and grow from well, there. Well, you took the time. And even today we still share emails from time to time. So 
And you took those moments, those brief moments, to make, and he knew that that was all about him in that moment. Right. And sometimes that's all it takes, you know? I over, I probably overplay this quote a lot, but the Maya, Maya Angelou quote, you know, I may not always remember what you say, but I'll remember how it made me feel. Yep, yep. And so I think that that is important. But so tell me, what what are the things that that you that 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 make you awesome? The th- the things that make me awesome, and as you know, be, being someone who doesn't like to talk about themselves, this isn't the easiest question to answer. However, um, the things that I think that I'm good at in in not just what we do in our business, but in life in general, is that I'm, I'm very caring about other people. I truly believe that, and again, this is about how I was brought up. I was put here to help people, um, and and ultimately that's what I've done for 22 years. Now I'm in a position to truly make a big difference in people's lives, and that's important to me. Number two, my family is the most important thing to me, and I try to make sure that their days are great every day. Number three, I strongly believe I have the ability to build relationships like not a lot of people do. I'm not, you know, a lot of people we watch on, on YouTube and LinkedIn and those places, but certainly believe that that's a, a key component to what I do because if you've ever watched King of Queens mm-hmm. and, and Doug Heffernan liked Doug's world, mm-hmm. you know, there's a part of me when, when I'm away from others, I kind of like that idea, but, once I walk out the door, you know, I, I want to know people. I want to know what's going on in their lives. And then the, the last thing is that although sometimes I've been told I may overdo this, I think I'm a very good communicator, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm rarely at a lack of words, and I still will fight to this day that I do not become verbose in very many situations. Okay. We're going to play back how you answered this originally months ago and how how, it's not and we're going to compare your discomfort then versus now because i think that the journey is telling i really do like i think it is it's awesome to see that you have such an ease i mean even from your body language and your and your willingness to say you know what it's okay to say these things and i'm actually at ease with knowing this about myself you know and communicating it Anyway, I, I just want to say this is this has been a lot of fun. I yep. I, I can't wait to see where, where we take you, this this uh, Jack and Joe project with uh, DJ Jazzy Jack. Um, 50, 50 ways to die uh, slash close calls. Now, could we get Paul Simon involved? Did he fifty ways to leave your lover? Wasn't that Paul Simon? I, I heard Paul Simon at breakfast yesterday, and I and I had to take them to task on it. They didn't know who it was, so it was um, uh, call me Al. Oh yeah, the Chevy yeah. Chase uh, yeah. lip syncing video yep. song. So yeah. anyway, but um, the, half our listeners are like, who are those people? But uh, the young ones. Yeah. But anyway, this has been great, Chase. man. I I, uh, I I've always had a great deal of respect for you. Always Thank will. You. Same here. I love we get to work together, and people may or may not know this, but we actually we operate like a family in here. We do a lot of things together. We think outside the box. And we have a lot of fun, but we're always putting empathy and service at the core of what we do right. so and and you epitomize that so uh, it's been great man i appreciate you getting your second at bat in the hot seat yeah this and was uh much better than the first one i would say i would say you did great so, so i want our listeners to stay tuned for our fun updates on social media we'll keep everybody posted and until next time uh this has been great another edition of the authentic conviction podcast thank you mr jack hunter thank you thank you